All right, welcome to the Felt Recall Podcast, episode number 157 of said podcast. Glad to have you here. Patrick Hulon, across from me. How are you, sir? I'm good. Glad to be back. Glad to have you here. Was, were you, I'm Chris, by the way. Were you okay, Patrick, with what transpired on the podcast last week? Because as I would come to find out, um, there are a lot of people who just don't like Tim Kennedy. I'm not a big fan. First, let me say, uh, glad to be back. I was super busy last week. Have you ever seen Smokey and the Bandit? A uh, long time ago. Okay, so don't want to ruin it. Spoiler alert. Uh, basically, there's some guys uh, that are trying to run some beer across state lines. Okay. Illegally. Okay. So that's that's the general premise of the movie. Friends of your mom, it sounds like. Likely. Um, sure. So I, f- I feel the need to just clear the air and explain where I was last week. So if you can imagine the premise of Smoking the Bandit, coupled with the fact that um, Joe Rogan got COVID and I had to get him some horse medicine. <laughs> that would be awesome. That's actually where I was. I hope that's true. So I was actually driving an 18-wheeler, loaded down with horse pills, uh, got it there just in time. I saved the guy. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He was on death's doorstep when I got there. You showed up. Because he's really a schlub. I mean, he just kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean. Doesn't seem like a very active fellow. Yeah, I don't know what his fascination with Taco Bell is. Right. But, you know, uh, I I think we got it worked out for him. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. So, glad to be back. That's what you were doing. Yep. Delivering the ivermectin. That's it. Poor Stewormer. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, good. Thank you for doing that. Uh, Joe Rogan is a national treasure. He should have a uh, monument at some point to him in the state of Texas. And really, that encapsulates everything we plan to talk about this week. So uh, Texas and ivermectin. Those are basically going to be the things. All right. So good for us. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. Was, that was an unintended segue. Good. Off the jump, even. You're a natural. All right. Well, I'll do what I can. You're a natural. Okay. <clears throat> let's talk about this. Um, first of all, let's talk about our charity of choice, the Sentinel Foundation. There is a story in the news this week. A mom and her kids rescued out of Afghanistan, not by the government. The government will try to take credit. I have actually spoken uh, by text with the CEO uh, the organization that helped get this family out of Texas. Uh, and he assures me personally, and I mean this sincerely, uh, it was, quote, our operation from the start. An American mom and kids successfully taken out of Afghanistan, a mother and her three kids rescued. Um, one of the organizers, according to theblaze.com, is that missing Republican out of Oklahoma, Mark Wayne Mullen. Remember, we were wondering where he was for a few days, and we thought, man, this might be a cool, like, Rambo-style story coming to fruition. As we would find out this week, they never even let him land. State Department, nobody would let him into the country to get people out. So he basically went and circled the airport for an hour and um, couldn't put wheels down, so he came back. Anyway, um, this lady's name is Miriam. He helped... Um, bring her home. Mullen of Oklahoma helps bring her home. And the State Department immediately begins trying to take credit. And Mullen says, "Uh -uh 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 uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. Ain't gonna happen. Ain't gonna happen. Uh, What a shocking turn of events there. (laughs) Right. Um, He says, quote, the fact that they're spinning this trying to take 100% credit when they didn't track this family, when they placated this family, when the mother who was under extreme stress and extreme pressure reached out to the State Department multiple times and got no help. That's coming from Corey Mills, by the way. Excuse me. Uh, it's from Corey Mills uh, in a statement to Fox News. Mills and a private team of military veterans were funded in their mission by private donors, including the Sentinel Foundation. Uh, Mills says this is an attempt to save face by the administration for the Americans they left behind. This is a woman with three children from age 15 all the way down to two years old. And they did nothing to try to expedite this. But at the very last minute, you have these quote unquote senior officials at the State Department trying to claim credit for this. Like, oh, yeah, look what we've done. Um, Mullen corroborated the accusation against the State Department, calling it a quote, flat out 
lie. So you can support the Sentinel Foundation and help them continue to bring people home. They also work to fight against traffickers who are exploiting the helpless online. Visit foundationsentinel.org, foundationsentinel.org, and get more information about the Sentinel Foundation. Uh, Doing good work over there in Afghanistan and here at home as well. It's it's an incredible organization run by really, really good people. Okay, so we'll get uh, more on the American mom and her kids in just a minute. Uh, It has been fun this past week watching the left flip back to the other side, hasn't it? Like they are right back in the my body, my choice mode because of the Texas abortion law. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about that. Jim Acosta taking... Uh, great umbrage with those of us who are uh, in favor of saving babies. I think it's fair to say, let's just, well, we'll get to it in a minute. It's not not here, not yet. Uh, what else? Oh, a Texas law requiring playing the national anthem. Not really sure how I feel about that. Uh, we'll talk more about it. Um, Labor Day Chicago, I'll give you the numbers on, I mean, I don't know where Black Lives Matter and the Giffords Foundation are in Chicago. I don't know where their base is, but hopefully they stepped right outside and started marching immediately after this last weekend. Uh, A mom is mad now. The teachers are taping masks to fourth grade kids' faces so the kids can't take them off. Isn't that fun? Um, (laughs) Yeah. And the lid has been blown. The lid has been blown off this hoax This hoax that hospitals are full of people uh, suffering from ivermectin overdoses. It's not true. Rolling Stone uh, perpetuated the myth. Uh, What's that dude's name? I can see the face and it's not coming to me. On MSNBC, Rachel Maddow um, tweeted it as if it were true. Not true, not true, not true. The hospital came out and said it's not true. We'll give you all the details on that. All right. Before we get into it, I heard a great joke I have to share with you. All right. This is one you're going to tell your friends. They're going to love it. Okay? Okay. All right. I'm ready. So this moth, this moth goes to a podiatrist, right? And he walks in the door, and he says he needs to see the doctor. He goes back. They put him in the doctor's room, you know. And the podiatrist comes in. He looks at the moth, and he says, what's going on? How can I help you? And the moth says, Doc, I just can't figure it out. I'm stuck in this rut. I get up every day, go to this job I hate. I stare at a wall inside of a cubicle. I deal with coworkers I don't like. I deal with clients I can't stand. All of that just to go home and feel useless. It's like an existential crisis. I wonder what's the meaning of life? What's the point? Why are we here? I get in bed at night and lay next to a wife who I'm almost entirely sure isn't even physically attracted to me anymore. I fall asleep while she stares at her phone. We have one child who's an only child. We've had a rough time with him. And Doc, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think I even love him anymore. Every day I deal with this soul-crushing sucking in my chest of how pointless this all seems. We're just on a rock spinning in circles. We are born one day, we die the next. And the podiatrist is concerned and he looks at the moth and he says, my goodness, man, seems like things are hard. And the moth says, just feels like there's no point in living. And the podiatrist says, goodness, man, you need a psychologist, not a podiatrist. What brought you to my door? And the moth says, well, your light was on. <laughs> That's it. All right. <laughs> I told that joke at my parents' house tonight, man. <laughs> and my mom's my mom's one that gets like really tickled. Like when you know, it's where I get it from. Like tickled at yourself, you know. Like I do that. I believe it's a gift. It's not a curse because I can entertain myself. The only person I care about finding things funny is me because I find me funny and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, we've met. Yeah. I get it from her. Man, we got cracked up about it. Anyway, that's a Norm MacDonald thing. I was (laughs) was watching a 
YouTube compilation of him on different talk shows. There's a guy that could never build his career today. He could absolutely never, ever, ever be Norm McDonald today. No, probably like, not. I'm sure he's, I know he's out there. He does his Norm McDonald live show and all that. He was on Netflix, I think, for a little while, right? Like he had a show. Yeah, it didn't last very long. I think they put it on Netflix, and now he just independently does it. Oh, it's so anti-woke. Yeah. Just absurdly offensive. Yeah, I think on his show he interviewed Lauren Michaels, and it was, like, really awkward, but not awkward because it's Norm MacDonald making things awkward. Yes. It was awkward because of their relationship. Yeah. And the falling out they had, uh, you know, that ended his time at SNL. He's got probably my favorite bit ever of anything ever is Norm MacDonald roasting Bob Saget. Do you remember this where he went and read all of his jokes and he intentionally bombs? Yeah. He goes Mm -hmm. up there and everything was on the nose, real obvious, very punny, very cliche. And then he would explain them all at the end like he does. Really, really funny. Anyway. All right. That one got me. I always think that's like a real sign of a genius is someone that can say things that are that funny and not laugh themselves. Yes. Because I don't think I could practice that a million times and still get away with not (laughs) getting tickled and and cracking up. But, you know, uh, he does, though. Like, that's kind of the fun with him, in the interviews at least. Yeah. Is that he does somewhat get tickled. Sometimes he does, yeah. And uh, I just, I love everything about the guy. I didn't realize until I was watching him on YouTube, I'd never really watched any of his live stuff. I'm familiar with him from SNL. I remember he did this funny thing when he had the Norm MacDonald show where he, he had a manger scene and the boss comes around. So he worked in like a cubicle job and the boss comes around and tells him he has to take his manger scene down because it was offending people who mm-hmm. didn't believe. Remember that? And he says, why can't I have this up? You, you let all these other people celebrate their fake religions. And that was just like brilliantly funny to me. Um, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I like that guy, and I didn't realize kind of how vulgar he can be. Like, he's not one for, uh, for, yeah. for uh, if, you, if, you, if you feel like you need a bleep or a mute button, he's, he's probably not for you. Anyway, I like that guy. Okay, uh, I'm going to have to ask you. I, I don't think I have to ask you very – I don't have to give you much notice on this. But you got to put your tinfoil hat on with me tonight. Because we're about, we're about to take a really deep dive in just a minute okay? into this whole idea. Because, you know, I had a doctor's appointment on Friday. I have a doctor's appointment about every week now, it feels like. And um, they're going over what, normal stuff, okay? And um, he asked me at the outset if I'd had the vaccine, and I said no. And he said, uh, kind of jokingly, but also prodding, a bit of compulsion there. Mm-hmm. He said, shame on you. I kind of chuckled, you know? And I said, I quote, yes, I'm a terrible person. And it fell flat, right? And he goes, well, but really, why haven't you gotten it? And I said, well, really, um, I'm just not sure I want it. He said, why wouldn't you want it? And we had a whole conversation mm-hmm. about why I didn't want it. And I started with, as I've told him before, and the first time he was receptive to it, he was like, okay, cool. He shrugged it off. And I said, uh, I said, Doc, I don't take well to the flu shot. I get super sick after the flu shot every time I got it. I did it for three years running. I got really sick each time. And finally I said, why, why don't I try to not get the flu shot? And we'll see if I get sick. And then I didn't get sick. And lo and behold, I decided don't get the flu shot. Same. Yeah, interesting how that yeah, works. Yeah, down that road. Reminds me of an argument I got in once with a guy about credit card information being stolen, right? And mine had been stolen. And he said, well, you did. You don't know that it happened from that website. And I said, Joe, uh, listen to me carefully. I use this thing at Starbucks and I use it at Publix all the time, all the time. And then I made a purchase at said website and my information got stolen. So I canceled that card and got a new one and had to go in and change the number everywhere I use it. And it has not been stolen again. How would I not conclude that's where it got stolen from? And this man was indignant. He was he dug his heels in and absolutely swore up and down. 
that website is very secure. And I said, it obviously cannot be. And his point was, you don't know. And I said, but I do because that's my life experience. And I feel like that's where we're at with this, right? So I tell the doc, I mean, I get sick off the flu shot. I feel like I'll get sick off the coronavirus shot. And quite frankly, and this is something I told him, it seems to me that science would suggest natural immunity is the better way to go. If I get COVID at 40 years old and in relatively good health, which is what you're telling me I have is relatively good health, um, then I will have the antibodies and be able to fight the the strains that are out there. Because as science also suggests, the vaccinated are not as resilient against the Delta variant as the unvaccinated who contracted COVID and have the antibodies. And he said, well, they're still looking at all that, right? Okay, fair, yep. fair enough. But they're also still looking at how effective and safe is the vaccine, yep. right? We've got one of them that has FDA approval, but as we mentioned here before, what does that mean? So it's funny because the other week you talked about the fact that no one was saying the word effective. And I actually yeah. heard an interview with, uh, I guess, the guy who was the CEO or is the CEO of Pfizer, where he actually said that it was safe and effective. Um, and I thought that was kind of striking, one, because you had brought the, the subject up, but then I guess within, I don't know, a couple of days, I saw this interview, and that's the first time, because after we had the conversation, I was listening for it, right, mm -hmm. and not hearing it. And then he says it, and then I've never heard it again since. Um, but you continue to hear that it's it's safe. Um, I, I actually listened to an interview. Are you familiar with Lex Friedman? Name sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you. Go ahead. Uh, so he's like a, a robotics and AI guy. Um, he's been made, I guess, somewhat famous through Joe Rogan being a guest on his show. Mm -hmm. He springboarded that into his own podcast. And he had a guy on that was a... Uh, professor of virology at Columbia University and I kind of went down the rabbit hole listening to that and uh, so forgive me if I'm going off on tangent here but I thought the most interesting part of the whole conversation they had was um, Lex starts asking this guy about mRNA technology right? and the guy says yeah it's perfectly safe it's not a big deal I don't know why people are making it into a big deal. Um, and they have a back and forth exchange about that. Um, and the, the thing that was most striking about it was he said that basically it doesn't last very long in your system. And I was under the impression that it's a permanent change. The, the mRNA, uh, excuse me, RNA is, is a, a cousin to your DNA. And you're basically going in there and making a, a, a change to the protein value there, uh, which tells your body when you get COVID to basically fight the virus with these additional proteins. Okay. Uh, and again, I, I, I'm not a doctor or scientist, so if I sound like I'm just repeating things that I've heard, that's exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I thought that was just really weird that uh, this these injections don't, according to this guy, and again, I've not heard this anywhere else, but I've not really heard anything about it. Everyone says trust the science, but yeah. no one's telling me what the science is. Right. And that's, I guess, the most bothersome thing about it for me. So I found it really interesting that this guy basically says, yeah, I mean, it, it might last in you for a week, um, for some people, a couple of days. Yeah. Hence the booster shot. Hence the booster shot. Hence it's ineffectiveness. Mm. So uh, this is why you still have people who can uh, transmit it. This is why you still have people that are getting sick and dying yep. um, in the hospital, having had one or two or more shots. Um, so I, the only thing I know to take from it, and this is full tinfoil hat, as, as you uh, asked me to put on, is it's just a money grab. Yes. This is, we're going to, we're basically, they. it seems to me, it might be effective if you were to contract it within that window while that protein is still high in you mm -hmm. from getting the injection. Yeah. And again, I don't know. I'm, I'm piecemealing 
my stance on it from a couple of different things that I've heard recently. Um, outside of that, I don't know that it does you any good. Um, he, he does go on to say uh, that there's no data on long-term effects, obviously, which is my concern with it. Um, and I don't, I don't know that if, if what he's saying is true and it basically works its way out of your system in that amount of time, I can't imagine that there would be long-term effects. Right. He does go on to say that uh, essentially, you know, typically with these vaccines or any vaccine, if you do have a reaction to it, it's typically fairly quick. Yeah. Uh, most of this type of drug, you don't see after effects later on down the road. But he does say, but we just don't really know. Yeah. So it's not likely, according to him, but... Anything's possible. You, you know, I remember, uh, well, let me back up before I forget here, because you just hit at something that I thought, yeah, that's exactly right. What they're telling us is that the hospitals are full of unvaccinated people. What they leave off is unvaccinated is anyone without the booster. So if, if you got two rounds of vaccine a month ago and you're not allowed to have the six-month booster yet or whatever it is, you haven't taken the booster for whatever reason, you're unvaccinated in the eyes of the hospital. Or even if you have had it, but you're within like a week to two weeks of that, yeah. you're still considering you, you have to unvaccinated. Be, what, 14 days out of your second yeah, shot? I think, I think that's right? what it was. So I have a friend who is fully vaccinated and has COVID, mm-hmm. okay? And his doctor made sense. He said, well, look, uh, you got vaccinated doesn't mean you're not going to get the illness, but what it does mean is it kept you out of the hospital. We're pretty certain that it keeps you out of the hospital if you've got the vaccine and it, it shortens the severity. Um, well, we know two things. Again, if you're 40 and under, you know, if you're not in your mid 60s and in poor health, you're likely to get COVID pretty easily. All right. Um, I lost an uncle about a month ago who had COVID. He had a stroke. I know we detailed it here, but here's a detail I don't think we knew at the time. Uh, He had a stroke, caught pneumonia, lifelong smoker, in poor health, gets in the hospital, gets COVID, okay? But COVID is gone before he even dies. Mm. He's COVID-free. All right, not to get too lost in the sauce, but I would bet the hospital still flags it as a COVID death. I feel certain. We know now that individuals are suing hospitals to get ivermectin treatment for their relatives, right? Yep. So um, those who are getting ivermectin are coming off of ventilators, some of them. Okay, it's reversing the course. It's saving these lives. This is a fact. That woman, was she in Chicago and had to find a doctor that would drive into town to administer ivermectin to her mother? Unbelievable malpractice, in my opinion. I'm a part of a group. I take a um, a, a daily probiotic slash supplemental powder mix every morning, okay? And it's for digestive health. It's the reason I take it anyway. Uh, uh, when my thyroid went wonky, everything went wonky. And uh, so um, I try to deal with these digestive issues. What that <laughs> tends to put you in contact with, uh, quite frankly, is a lot of hippies, right? A lot of yuppies, a lot of hippies. It's sure. A, it's a weird cross-section of the culture. Uh, these are people who believe natural remedies fix you, everything. Did so are you linked up with people that, like, you hold a crystal in each hand and sit Indian style? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's, I just want to make sure that's the right kind of hippies we're talking about here. That's actually not far from real-life conversations <laughs> I've had. So I'm in a Facebook group with these people uh, that take the Athletic Greens uh, powder every morning. And, and I've seen a difference for me, and I believe in it. That's enough for me, right? But it, we had a lady show up with the best of intentions, and she starts preaching about how um, the company, Athletic Greens, needs to make it clear that they are not medical professionals 
and uh, the, the, uh, the advice people receive in their Facebook group is not medical advice and how they could be held liable when somebody believes that Athletic Greens will fix some sort of disease and, and it doesn't do it. And everybody had all their responses to her. That lady is the reason why they put on, on lawnmowers a sticker <laughs> that says, do not use on roof. Yes. Yeah, she's one of them. She went on to brag about her PhD, teaching medical school for 20-something years, et cetera, et cetera. Here's the thing. Did you know, and this was recently news to me, as I read a book by a doctor called Fiber Fueled, okay, uh, recommended to me by a friend uh, who I don't know if he would say is a nutritionist, but he's definitely more versed in proper nutrition than anyone I've ever met. Uh, And in that book, the doctor that wrote it says, what people don't understand is doctors aren't nutritionists. He said, the, the, the study on nutrition in medical school is literally summarized within about a week, maybe two. I can believe that. And then they move on, which is why you could go to your doctor, as I did years ago, and say, it hurts when I eat anything. I can eat rabbit food. I mean, I'm talking carrots and lettuce all day, every day, and it'll hurt. My stomach just hurts. And they have no clue. They'll scope you and prod you and do everything they can. They go, ah, yep, something's irritating your stomach. And they slap you on the back and they literally shrugged me out of the room. That is a real life experience I've had. And I'm only telling you that to say, as she went on and on, and I commented and said, well, doctors and medical professionals are the third leading cause of death in the United States. So there's that. Because who cares what their opinion is if you know what works for you? If you know what works for you, honest to God, your doctor's opinion should come in second place, right? As we've joked about before, they call it practicing medicine. Yep. All right. Now, here's where you have to forgive me for the long diatribe and fasten down your tinfoil hat. Okay. Very tightly. What I'm about to share with you is a true story that I've been aware of for many years because of my wife. My wife discovered this guy. I can't remember how, uh, but she came across the story and she read it to me one night and we just couldn't believe it. And uh, I think it was when I was diagnosed with cancer. I I think it's been about that same timeline that she was just doing, you know, what anybody would do. I I joke a lot about, I don't think my cancer was never serious. The doctors told us up front. But your mom and your wife are going to do what moms and wives do. They, they dig into everything. Is there things we could be doing nutritionally? Are there things we could do this way or that way? And she discovered this man's story. And this is a true story. And you can read. And you still have those crystals to this day. I hold one in each hand. <laughs> and uh, I get to the fifth level of chakra. And I chant, uh, be gone, be gone. And I feel it. Uh, it spews from my mouth like John Coffey style with the yep. flies. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I say, it hurts, boss. It hurts. And and that's the end of that. And Tom Hanks lays me down and I go to sleep. Just like Steve Jobs. That's exactly right. But the Ashton Kutcher version. Ah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, if you go to my cancer story. No, wait. He died. Steve Jobs. Yeah. Not yeah. Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. See, so it could still happen. Okay. That's yeah. why it had to be Ashton Kutcher. That was the joke. Got it. Steve Jobs is dead. Yeah, because he can't come back and put me to sleep. Because his crystals didn't work. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> terrible. Uh, my cancer story dot rocks. My cancer story dot rocks. That's the that's the uh, website you can get all of this from. You get all this from. Uh, it's true. Listen, this is true. The guy's name is Joe Tippins. My wife found this, shared it with me a few years ago. Uh, Joe Tippins is from Oklahoma. He was diagnosed with late-stage small cell lung cancer in 2016. Uh, By January of 2017, it spread through his whole body. His life expectancy was three months. Three months. Doctors enrolled him in a clinical trial they hoped could give him up to a year longer. A veterinarian friend, God is my witness, a veterinarian friend tells Joe Tippins, hey, there's a dog deworming drug called finbendazole, finbendazole, and it has shown the ability to fight cancer properties in cell studies. So Joe starts taking 
benbendazole. And by May of 2017, that is four months after it had spread throughout his entire body, Joe was entirely cancer-free. All cancer had disappeared from Joe's scans. Now, years later, he's still cancer-free, and Oklahoma medical researchers are looking into Joe's case. Now, there have been, to this day, still no trials of finbendazole for treating cancer. And there may be risks involved, and the medication is not recommended by doctors. But five years ago now, this guy took it, and he has done interviews. He has an ABC5 KOKO News interview telling his story. MyCancerStory.rocks is his website where he blogs it all out. You can go read everything he'll tell you. His entire story is there. Now, I think you see where this is going. They don't want us taking ivermectin because they'll tell you that, I, that now there's two forms of ivermectin. There is a human form that they administer, and then there's the stuff from, uh, you know, the farm store. Yep. Tractor supply. Mm-hmm. And that's a horse. What is it? Dewormer. So horse medication that there's no clinical trials on. And doctors would suggest you don't use it. But we have stories around us of people going, getting it, and using it. Now, this again, this isn't the stuff they're giving to people to get them off the ventilators. But it is, it is FDA approved, is it not? No. Is ivermectin not FDA approved for bacterial infections? Yes, that stuff is. I'm talking the horse stuff you're buying from Tractor Supply. Right, right, right. 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 Uh, well, I'm trying to... Uh, explain the difference though so the stuff you get from tractor supply is it's a higher concentrated extremely version. higher concentrated so it's yeah. it's milligrams not micrograms so yeah. microgram would be what a human would take mm -hmm. um, and i don't know how many 15 micrograms i think is what i heard somebody say oh yeah which is not a lot versus what you're giving an animal that weighs over two thousand pounds <clears throat> Of course, the dosage is going to be different. Right. Yeah. So what I, I will say, I don't feel very bad for anyone who's taking that and thinking that that's going to be okay. Well, I mean, would but, you take a horse-sized Tylenol? Probably not, because it'll kill you. I, wait, wait, wait. You don't take a horse-sized dose. The way ivermectin is sold at Tractor Supply, because this is what. So we had family friends. You probably know that, but friends. I don't think everybody does. That's uh, it's pretty clear. So we, we first heard about it. I don't know how my wife first heard about ivermectin, but the first like legitimate use I heard of it was from family who was missionaries to Africa mm -hmm. who would buy this and take it with them. Yep. Okay? Because you go over there and you need stuff to fight the parasites. The ivermectin tube, when you open it, and on the packaging, it clearly shows you that it's based on the weight of the animal taking it. Sure. And it's divided up in 250-pound increments. But even those increments can be divided smaller. So if I were to take it, I'd go to about the 250 mark, and then you press the plunger, and it reaches an endpoint, and just a little dollop of it comes out. And that's it. Mm -hmm. You take that whole tube, you might be in some trouble. I, I mean, I don't know. Which I think some people have. That's the only reason why I mention it. But see, here's the thing. Have they... Allegedly. Because, you know, that's what Rolling Stone ran with in Oklahoma yeah. this week, and now it's turning out none of that was true, right? I think there were a few reports a couple weeks ago of it happening, and so my take on it is Rolling Stone probably heard one or two of those reports and then just went nuts with the propaganda. Yes. that's That was my, my read on the whole thing. It was one doctor's post, and he had been at that hospital more than two months ago, and he didn't even have anything to do with the COVID stuff, as far as I understand. The hospital put out a statement saying, that dude's not affiliated with us anymore. He hasn't been here in over two months. Don't listen to a word he says. And by the way, they said, we've never seen a case of an ivermectin to overdose at this hospital. And that guy was like, the hospital's full because people are overdosing on ivermectin. So you can't trust the doctors. You can't trust them. Like there are bad apples among every bunch. You are your best advocate for your health care. 
I firmly believe that. You are your best advocate. Not your friend on Facebook who's an ER nurse who has had her sole experience being whatever it is. None of that. No, 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 no. You are your best advocate. Because isn't it funny how this is suddenly one size fits all? And there's a guy on Fox News who made an extraordinary point when they were saying, well, you can't take ivermectin because uh, uh, that's a horse medicine. And and he said, well, well, sure, that's that's true. But let me ask you this. I mean, we give horses penicillin. Does that mean you wouldn't take penicillin now? I mean, what's the difference? So, well... You know, to your point about your uh, family that are missionaries using mm-hmm. it in Africa, it's pretty widespread in use in Africa. Right. And their COVID cases are negligible. Right. Through most of Africa. We're talking undeveloped nations that are well, not being overrun by it. To be fair, though, they're in the sun all day. Ah. And they're saying the sun and vitamin D. Got it. Yep. Yeah, UV helps rays. kick the COVID. Mm-hmm. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think you're right. Here's my conspiracy and why you need the tinfoil hat. I believe what you said. It's all a money grab. And when you look at the Joe Joe Tippins story, and you understand that Joe Tippins was told he had three months to live, but if he would do as the doctors told him, they could maybe get him a year longer than that. And Joe Tippins, by the way, did everything his doctors told him to do. Everything. But then his veterinarian friend said, Joe, there is this thing that studies have shown kills the cancerous cells. You could always try that. Well, they say there's no money in the cure, only in the treatment. That's exactly right. So I think, I mean, I assume that's where you're headed with this. I will say, you know, I worked for the American Cancer Society for several years. Traitor! Many years ago. Yes, sorry. I didn't say ATF. Um, One in the same. Okay, if you say so. American Cancer Society is not trying to shut down my Second Amendment. Oh, wait, that's not helping my cause, is it? I don't, I'm not <laughs> sure what you mean by that. Um, so, funny story, I got on a plane one time. I was headed to Phoenix for a conference, and I'm sitting next to this nice old lady on this flight, and we had just taken off. We're leaving out of Charlotte to go to Phoenix. we got a couple hours, and we're chit-chatting, and she says, so... What do you do? I said, well, I work for the American Cancer Society. And I kid you not, she looks at me. So we're sitting shoulder to shoulder, and she kind of turns and looks at me, and she goes, you do know they have a cure, right? And I said, I'm sorry? What? No, Mrs. Vermillion, I didn't. I said, uh, must be Chris's mom. What? (laughs) And she goes, no, they have a cure. Um, It's locked in a vault. In Washington, D.C., they know how to fix cancer, and they're just not doing it. And I thought to myself, well, this is going to be a really awkward three-hour flight. Now, I know she's right. I think she is. I also think you had a great opportunity to lean in and go, we know. (laughs) I probably should have. And if you don't shut your mouth... I'm going to open the door and throw you out of this plane. Uh, I came to the conclusion this week that these two things are related. I believe, I'm starting to believe it wholeheartedly. It can make me sound as crazy as you want to think I am, but they're refusing, the hospitals are refusing to give life-saving treatment to COVID patients, and we know that the federal government is paying hand over fist if a hospital holds on to somebody till they die of COVID. Tens of thousands of dollars minimum. Well, it's, these it's, hospitals are getting on top. It's suddenly a multi-billion-dollar industry. Isn't it, it crazy? It didn't exist two years ago. So it makes you wonder what is being pumped into hospitals for those with cancer that the hospitals and doctors and the entire medical community has ignored people like Joe Tippins. What are we doing to move on these dog deworming pills? To see, okay, is there any validity to this guy's story? Well, it's anecdotal, Chris. Everything's anecdotal until you put it into a trial. I was going to say, until it's not. Yeah. Can, can we please go do that? Can you show me that they've done it and it was ineffective? Like, why do we have this guy? Is this guy just some crazy anomaly? But there aren't any trials. And there haven't right. really been any. None. They don't care to try, and I think uh, it's because they're I making their I money. I think I found an article that said there was maybe one or two studies done on ivermectin years ago. Uh, yeah. So 
I think it's been around since the late forties. So it's not particularly like new. Right. Um, but so when I, when I'm talking about studies, I'm talking about human consumption for things outside of what it's already commonly known for, which is curing bacterial infections. Right. Uh, only one or two studies since not widely funded or are really researched in depth seems to me, you know, it would be smart to maybe explore all options. Yeah. And the way I look at it is, let's just say you've got somebody on a ventilator and we're kind of running out of options. At that point, if we're practicing medicine, Mm -hmm. what does it hurt to try? Are there some adverse effects? Does it have these drastic side effects that make it such a bad idea? Right. Because I don't think that it does, not from anything I've read. It seems to be fairly um, innocuous when it comes to side effects. There's not a lot of, I mean, we, like I said the other day, when you when you hear a commercial on TV and that, you know, next thing you know, your head's falling off, that's, that's, that's your super synthesized pharmaceuticals. Yeah. I don't hear that happening with, with ivermectin. So it does make you wonder. I mean, it's what Joe Rogan took, kicked it in three days. Yep. Said he felt great, was down for like one day, back at it a couple of days later, and ivermectin was part of his treatment plan. I don't know why they're resistant to it, um, except that there's probably no money in it. It's a super cheap drug for people to get. I'm going to suppose the finbendazole is probably the same. This dog dewormer is probably super cheap, very generic. A lot of people probably make it. But once you introduce that into the equation, the money goes away. And the kickbacks from the pharmaceuticals goes away. And uh, I'm not trying to say all doctors are in some giant conspiracy. I am saying, though, as an industry, there's massive problems. And I think the way you undo that, by the way, is the same thing we've been advocating for for 10 years now, where you free up the competition of that marketplace. You and I should be able to say, you know what, South Carolina, you're not doing it for me. I'm going to drive north to North Carolina. I'm going to have a doctor in North Carolina that I trust, or I can go to Georgia and see a doctor that I trust. No more of this hogwash. We have to stay in your state to get treatment. That's ludicrous. Your insurance should not have borders on it. Like, What an absurd world where the left is like, countries shouldn't have borders, but your health care, eh. Totally different. Totally different. Okay. I got it on my system. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we move on? I think I've said all I need to say, sir. Fantastic. Hey, how much fun has it been to watch the left flip back to being pro-choice? We've been through a year and a half now of put your mask on, wear the mask, care about other people, love, have compassion, don't be selfish, do it for the community. Do it for the better good of the community. Like the communism is really shown through with the mask mandates and the left, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. now it's all about communal good. Yep. How do we elevate the community so as virtuous. a whole? Mm-hmm. Individuality is dead. There's yep. no individuality allowed. It's 1984 through and through, right? So yeah, you got to be virtuous and wear your mask. And then Texas says, hey, here's an idea, which I totally agree with, by the way. Here's an idea. We're going to decide where life begins, and for us, it's six weeks. Six weeks gestation. And, and look, I haven't read the bill. I don't know all, what all's in it. I'm going to assume the logic flows like this, maybe. We know there's a heartbeat, and we know the baby can feel. Because those things are scientific facts at six weeks, right? I believed for most of my life that if there was no heartbeat, I was okay with a woman's right to choose. And then I had kids of my own. And I was like, whoa. Whoa. And it occurred to me later on, even after having kids, that there's a biblical principle there about, you know, God says in the Bible, but before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Um, uh, Before I formed thee, I knew thee. Before you were in the womb, I set you apart. Eh, something. I'm off a little bit, but it's something like that. God makes a declaration there that before we were even conceived in the womb, we had a special purpose and a design. And so, you know, that that should be used, I think, to to kind of buoy anybody's um, 
idea of when life begins. It, it's conception uh, for, for those of the faith, it's conception. And anyway, uh, my point is I, I would have been able to have been convinced before having kids of my own um, that the heartbeat is, is an okay place to start. Uh, I've moved a little bit stricter in my interpretation of those things nowadays. But anyway, here's my point. Um, the left can't decide when life begins. And so they're now upset that Texas says at six weeks, you're no longer allowed to terminate that pregnancy. So you need to decide. We're giving you, look, you can have unprotected sex <laughs> and then you get a month and a half to decide if you want to see a doctor and find out if you've conceived and if you want to terminate it or not. And that still doesn't make them happy. There's still no appeasing this radical agenda. Uh, and it brings up that age-old question of when does life begin? That We've never settled that debate. They've never been willing to really have that conversation with us, I don't think. Um, just a radical, radical thing. But the real win in and of it all is seeing them suddenly have to flop back to being pro-choice. And they're so rapidly outraged by it, so angry about it, that Jim Acosta on CNN basically says that the American conservative is bedfellows with the Taliban. Conservative movement. I don't even need to hear it. It makes perfect sense. Doesn't it? Well, let's hear it anyway. Here he is explaining himself. What will we tell the Afghan refugees who just fled those schools for girls back in their home country? I don't know what that means. I guess the girls here will have to fill them in. Unfortunately, what we will tell them is that some members of the far right in this country have apparently decided they will resort to intimidation and in some cases even violence to get what they want. And they could sweep into power faster than the experts thought possible. Sound familiar? sort of like an American Taliban. It is starting to look like a combination of theocracy and thugocracy. Yeah, Jim's upset about the insurrection on the 6th. He cites that, and then he cites the Texas law, and he reaches that conclusion. Hey, uh, Patrick. I like tying all those things together. Why not? Yeah. Uh, at the insurrection, how many people were killed by insurrectionists? Zero. Are you sure... I am fairly certain. Yes. Um, okay, okay. Hey, Patrick, on 9-11, how many people were killed by terrorists who were funded in part by the Taliban, i.e. Al-Qaeda? Um, I don't remember the exact number. 3,340? Yeah, about 3,000, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, when the Boston bombing happened... That was two Amish brothers. Is that correct? Yeah, Quakers, maybe. Quakers? Yeah. Okay. I heard tell one time, I didn't believe it then, that they were uh, Chechen Muslims. Mm. You remember hearing that? I could see where that you could confuse the two. Really. We knew that wasn't right, though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, Patrick, at Fort Hood, when that conservative Christian who was anti-abortion grabbed his firearm and killed all those people yep. on the Army base— mm -hmm. 11 people. Yeah, yeah. That that guy's name was Nadal Hassan, right? He was a conservative. I think it was Jebediah. Oh, that's right. That's a Mennonite. Yep, Jebediah Smith. I had it mixed up. Yep. I had it mixed up. Patrick, in San Bernardino, California, um, that was... Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay, not a Muslim man and woman, right? No, no. Okay, no. okay. There was a sniper. Silly white people. I know. I'm so ignorant. There was a sniper who became known as the D.C. sniper. It was two gentlemen. One was basically a teenager. One was a man. Yep. One of them, I think, was named Jesus. I know he had yep. the name of a holy prophet. Mm -hmm. It was either Joseph Smith or Jesus. And, and they drove around the country. They actually went all the way from Washington State to D.C. shooting people out of the trunk of a car. Mm -hmm. And that was because... They were targeting women who had had abortions. Is that correct? Do I, I remember that correctly? Yeah, I think you're on to something okay. there. I just wanted to make sure I had all my terrorism of recent memory straight yep. before I disagreed with Jim from CNN. 
Yeah, I mean, you just did more fact-checking than he did, so something to be said for that. Over there in Afghanistan right now, um, the, the, uh, the, the NRA, they're going, have you heard this? The NRA is going door-to-door, and if you don't have a rifle in Afghanistan, they are cutting your eyes out. Do you see that? I heard some rumors about that. I also heard um, after they cut your eyes out, they give you one. As a, as a gift. Yeah. Consolation prize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they say to you. Or somebody's giving them. Yeah, I don't no, know if it was the NRA. They take their eyes out. Then they hand one back to the person and go, see what we did? <laughs> see, as they're holding their yeah. eye. Yeah, got it. I heard Wayne LaPierre is over there, mm-hmm. and anybody who doesn't know the Second Amendment by heart, he's cutting their tongue out. Yep. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. What could you possibly be thinking to be Jim Acosta <laughs> and know that this is the way the world is, that fundamental Islam is slaughtering people in Afghanistan right now? Looking, This is based on true facts. If, if you were an interpreter and they find you, they're slicing out your tongue. They've now said Sharia law is in place. They will chop your hand off if you're caught stealing. Okay? That's all Muhammad's preaching, by the way. There's no peace in Islam. It's all a farce. This is who Muhammad was. So these are his mandates and dictates that they're implementing in Afghanistan now. Happily. They're happy to do it. And he wants to moan and groan that the conservatives of Texas and the people of Texas, it should be said, because this was a law passed with due diligence, all right? This isn't some crazy takeover like Obamacare was, where at the 11th hour, they're adding things to a 2,500-page bill and then voting on it at midnight. This was done duly. This is done the right way. The people of Texas decided six weeks means life, and you cannot terminate a life. And it's not our fault that the left has never decided when life begins, because they understand how absurd it would be to say, what well, the first breath Right, because they know the horrors that have come with that kind of thinking. Mm-hmm. We've heard those terrible, terrible stories. Anyway, you and I are now terrorists. We're part of the American Taliban. Surprised it took this long. I don't know that it did. Probably didn't. I think we're already on a list somewhere. You know, the thing that I, I so there's a few folks that I respect um, that I follow on social media and and things like that who have more or less issued statements on the Texas ruling. All of the ones that I'm thinking of are men, right? None of them live in Texas and they're all up in arms, which none of these people are overly political. So it was a little strange to see posts like this from some of these folks. Um, But, you know, you hear women liberal women say, well, you, you know, men can't have a opinion on right. abortion. Right. Okay. So that we're, we're throwing that one out the window for these guys. They don't live in the state, so it doesn't apply to them anyway. It, it's interesting to think you can be on the other side of the country and be so worked up about something that literally doesn't affect you on a personal level at all. Ever. Ever. Yeah. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, it's an interesting point. It's just a strange place where we've ended up. And all these people yeah. are really worked up about it. Yeah. And I, I, I can't help but think how silly it is. It's nice to be a Republican. Then. Yeah. And I, quite ironically, the Republic of Texas, right? Well, I mean, yeah. none of those folks were going to move to Texas before. Right. So, again, it, it it's not like... They were packing a moving truck, and then this law happened, and they were like, well, you know what, guys? Hello, I'm well. not going now. Yeah. Put it, it all back inside! It just it just seems like, yeah. again, more virtue signaling, except really weird, morbid virtue signaling. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of that. Well, you're right, though, over something that will absolutely 100% never affect them yeah. unless they move to Texas and try to get an abortion. Like in what world? I would say that the, that the reason why those guys have issued those quote-unquote statements is uh, they see Texas 
for what it is and somewhat of a trendsetter mm-hmm. for conservative values. And I would be willing to bet that they don't like the idea that Texas does this. And then you start to see copycat bills, which they're already talking about. Uh, there's, I think, four states almost immediately announced that they were going to more or less copy their legislation yeah. and implement it. And, and you know good and well somebody nudged Henry McMaster away. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, I say, I say, what? <laughs> boy. Abo- abortion, boy. Abortion. Let's get abortion out of the light then, yeah, boy. I mean, what, what's the current today? What's the current today? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right. My suit's back from the dry cleaner, boy. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, what? It, it, one last thought. What happened to the tolerance of the left for people who think differently and disagree with them. Why can't there be a group of people who believe that abortion is wrong? It's only allowed when it's convenient for them. So I know that's right. Okay. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll do our vota. At least 58 people shot in Chicago over Labor Day weekend, including eight kids. This comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Five people killed in shootings since Friday evening, including a four-year-old boy. Around 9 o'clock on Friday, stray bullets sprayed through the window of a home in the Woodlawn neighborhood of Chicago. Two bullets striking four-year-old Michael Moultrie Jr. He was getting a haircut at the time. According to Rahman Muhammad, Deputy Chief of the Chicago Police Department's Detective Division. I have not heard of any Black Lives Matter protests breaking out in Chicago over this. I have not heard Gabby Giffords or her astronaut husband Heading there, um, I don't think Michael Bloomberg is in the streets demanding gun control in Chicago right now. Here, you know, look, here's another great example of what we were just talking about. You got a problem with gun violence, go to Chicago and stop it, and then tell us how you did it. Stop with your one-size-fits-all, this affects me because I live way over here. Greenville, South Carolina, Traveler's Rest, Taylor's, Greer, we're not going to experience the vast amount of gun violence that Chicago experiences, but we have the hippy dippies here who want to go out and hold their signs and say how we need gun control laws and we need to oppose open carry because violence is going to break out everywhere. Uh, and it, it hasn't happened. We had, we've had open carry for two or three weeks now, three weeks. And uh, I haven't heard of a single incident yet where that's crazy. And by the way, open carry has been a thing in gun stores forever. Ever, the entire staffs of gun stores are carrying guns on their hips, open carrying every day. And there's no outbreak of violence or incidents or anything like that. North Carolina and Georgia have had it as long as I can remember. And I don't I don't ever remember hearing any yeah. news about that. I'm pretty sure Alabama has it too. I remember being in Birmingham and that was I was seeing people when I first moved there carrying guns on their hips and thinking, Whoa, hey, all right. Uh, That was cool. Anyway, Birmingham needs it. Good grief. That's a dangerous place. Uh, And Chicago as well. So if you want to if you want to show us if you want to show us how to fix gun violence, you have a place. You have a spot. It's set up. It's ready for your test right now. You have a test subject waiting, hoping and praying that you'll show up and save the day. Head to Chicago and do it now. All right. Let's uh, where we at. Let's do Voda. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. From TheBlaze.com, the mother of a fourth grade student in Las Vegas is fuming after a substitute teacher reportedly taped a mask to her son's face after he mistakenly took it off during class. The mother asked to not be identified but spoke with KVVU-TV, saying she's filed a police report and calling for the teacher's resignation. She says, quote, I was furious. Furious. I was scared for my son on what kind of long-term effect is it going to have on him socially. The fact the entire class was laughing, the mother said, noting that her nine-year-old son's failure to wear the mask properly was just an honest mistake. He went to get a sip of water and forgot to put the mask on, she said. But rather than reminding him to put the mask back on or even sending him to the principal's office, the teacher allegedly dragged him in front of the whole class and then applied the tape. The teacher did not tell him to put it back on or send him to the office. She instead pulled him up in front of the classroom in front of all of the students, and she taped the mask across the top of his face, the mother continued. With the tape still on his face, her son was then allegedly sent to the office to pick up homework. While he was there, an alarmed administrator took notice, prompting the school's principal to go to the classroom and investigate. When the principal arrived, she reportedly discovered another student with tape on her face. (laughs) 
I'll tell you how that would end. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, teach. Touch my kid. Uh, I'm all for corporal punishment when necessary. But if you're going to use it to intimidate and harass my child, we're good. You know, I have a two-year-old, and at, at uh, daycare, there's a kid in her class that likes to take his shoes off. Yeah. And so they started the trend where he would take his off and then all the other kids would too so they started taping their shoes on oh no kidding and I thought it was hilarious right this not so much yeah a little different with two year olds it's really funny when they all come out at the same time like to the carpool lane and they all have purple tape on their shoes (laughs) it's kind of funny but uh, yeah I don't I don't know about that one taping his mouth shut yeah I mean that could inhibit breathing things of that nature not a joke man not a joke. Oh, well. Uh, I mean, that's... Who can you trust anymore? You can't send your kids to school. The doctors are lying to us so they get their COVID checks. I guess you gotta trust the veterinarian. You know what? That's a really good point. I'm gonna find one that's willing to see me tomorrow. <laughs> Start barking. Neighing. Cleaning myself for fleas. Alright, hey, uh, we'll come back in a week and we didn't get to it this time. But if you don't mind, next time we're gonna sit down, concentrate, logic and reason together, and we will solve all the world's problems. Okay? That'll happen next time on the Felt Recall Podcast. <laughs>